Are you struggling to become pregnant and you just don't know what to do? You're already well aware there's a list of reasons why women don't get pregnant and you're feeling frustrated. But did you know that what you eat in the months leading up to conception drastically impacts your chances of conceiving? Hi, I'm registered dietitian nutritionist, Dr. Susan Mitchell. Let's go beyond bariatric surgery, talk about everything you need to move on. Just ahead, let's dig into how infertility and weight may be related. Researchers at the Harvard School of Public Health found that by changing five or more aspects of a woman's diet, women reduce their risk of infertility, and get this, by up to 80%. Stay with me, and we'll talk fertility to a fertility dietitian who can tell us all about it. Don't go anywhere. If you've had bariatric surgery, you need a specific bariatric multivitamin, not an off-the-shelf version. There's a big difference. In Australia, choose BN Multi. Find them at beyondbariatricsurgery.com in the shop. Joining me via Skype from Melbourne, Australia, is Melanie McGrice, who's an advanced, accredited practicing dietitian. She has a special interest in fertility and pregnancy. Melanie runs online programs for women who are pregnant or trying to conceive. She's the author of The Pregnancy Weight Plan and runs the YouTube channel Nourish with Melanie. You'll want to check that one out. I've already subscribed. You can find out more about Melanie and the links to her sites on our website, beyondbariatricsurgery.com. Just click on the podcast for her episode and then the show notes. You can also find information on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash surgery. Hi, Melanie. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Okay, Melanie. Weight problems? common among reproductive age women, and it puts them at an increased risk for problems with fertility and pregnancy. Some women will choose bariatric surgery specifically to improve their their fertility so they can start or add on to their existing family. How prevalent, in your opinion, is infertility related to weight? Uh, Significantly. Um, And I am often uh, recommending for some of my clients who are really struggling with their weight to consider bariatric surgery as well. But um, the reason why is that it's believed that estrogen imbalance is one of the most common causes of fertility. So what this means is that you've either got too much or too little estrogen in comparison to other hormones. And it's the estrogen imbalance that well, that occurs in around 30% of women. Um, and it's actually typically caused by having either too little or too much body fat. And do I think about estrogen imbalance and a lot of other areas too with with menopause with premenstrual syndrome and all the issues that that go with that so this is just like one more thing that can be an issue behind what's going on with the hormones in the body how does having too much or too little body fat cause this problem? Well, fat cells actually produce estrogen, which surprises a lot of people because usually you think of it being produced uh, by the ovaries, which it is, but our fat cells do produce it as well. So if you've got large amounts or even very small amounts of body fat, then you can produce either higher or lower amounts of estrogen than what idea than what are ideal for your fertility. Yeah, that, I think that's so interesting. So let's say you do get pregnant at a high body weight 
Are there risks? And if so, what do we need to know about? Unfortunately, yes. So being overweight increases a wide range of pregnancy complications and also birthing complications as well. So during pregnancy, being overweight can increase the risk of things like gestational diabetes, miscarriage and preeclampsia. Okay, I heard someone listening just say, Melanie, <laughs> Melanie, what the heck are gestational diabetes and preeclampsia? You, you got to speak English here to me. <laughs> so explain a little bit. <laughs> Well, preeclampsia, it used to be called toxemia. And so what it is, it's um, experienced, it's a high blood pressure that's experienced by somebody who doesn't usually have high blood pressure. So it occurs in pregnancy um, and other symptoms in addition to the high blood pressure can include protein in the urine um, and also swelling of your feet, legs and hands. And what you want to do is prevent a woman from ever getting to that. Absolutely. And then gestational diabetes, or what I know, uh, the diabetes that show up during pregnancy. In other words, it's not the diabetes you think of that you have, you've been diagnosed and it's going to be with you forever. This kind of comes and goes, right? Talk a little more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, during pregnancy, obviously, you have a whole range of hormonal changes, and those hormonal changes can impact upon your insulin levels. Um, so women actually need two to three times more insulin during pregnancy because of those hormonal changes. And so that um, is what results in the gestational diabetes. Wow. You know, I bet most women or most people just don't realize that, that extra need, like you were just saying for insulin. That's, that's so interesting. What about when you reach delivery? What's happening? Yeah, so when you reach delivery, um, being at a high weight can actually increase the risk of tearing um, and also some, um, also the need for an emergency C-section, which can have some problems if it's done as an emergency as well. I can imagine. So am I hearing you say that if you're planning bariatric surgery, it's good to wait until you've lost a significant amount of weight so that you reduce these risks? And then I'll follow that with a question that says, comment on after you've lost the weight, what's the improvement that you've seen in fertility following that bariatric surgery? Uh, so yes, um, you do want to wait uh, after you've had bariatric surgery before trying to conceive. Um, Unfortunately, it's not always as easy as that. I find I've seen many uh, pregnancies of women who have had bariatric surgery that were unplanned. So if you're not actually trying to conceive, um, make sure that you are using some contraception because, yeah, we have loads of clients who get pregnant much earlier than they intend to yeah. after their surgery. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> uh, just a little surprise. So, uh, And I'm sure other listeners are saying, wait a minute now, how long do I need to wait? What's a significant amount of weight? So talk a little bit more specific. Is there a range of weight that's considered, okay, you've lost 50 pounds, you've lost 100, or it's been in this amount of time? You know, people always like specifics. Is anything there you can say? Yeah, yep. Yeah. So after bariatric surgery, you usually go through rapid weight loss in the first, usually 12 to 18 months, sometimes two years. But basically, you're wanting to wait until your weight loss um, your rapid weight loss slows down so that you're not losing until you ideally we like women to be as uh, weight stable as possible so that usually means waiting until about 12 to 18 months after your bariatric surgery 
Okay, but let's say that you're that person you just talked about and you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. You've had surgery and you're pregnant. What should you be aware of? Well, you know, pregnancy is always a time when a mother-to-be requires increased nutrition. You know, we all know that. Um, But obviously after bariatric surgery, it's especially difficult to meet these increased requirements, especially if you've got issues with dumping syndrome or regurgitation or diarrhea or something along those lines. Um, So I'd really encourage uh, women who have had bariatric surgery to follow up with their dietitian. Um, And I guess this is a time that if, so if I need to say to your audience members out there, if you haven't seen a dietitian for a while, maybe you've been tracking really well and maybe you even had bariatric surgery, you know, eight to 10 years ago and just going really well now, if you're pregnant, now is the time to see a dietitian. Um, you really need to get back to seeing a dietitian because it's quite a specialised, um, uh, specialised time. You know, you have these really high nutrient requirements, and uh, there's a lot of micronutrients that need to be checked that a general GP um, may not may not look at good like for example what would you think of what first comes to mind like where do you put your focus in that time are you looking for vitamin a are you looking for b12 i'm sure there's just a range that uh, (laughs) you know that you want to really take a hard look at because like you said this is they're already dealing post-surgery they're trying to rebuild nutrition there's so many things that can go on i can see that an appointment with a dietitian as early as possible would really be critical yeah absolutely um so there are actually heaps of micronutrients that we do want to look at but I think a good example is vitamin A so everyone knows that if you get pregnancy multivitamins they're very low in vitamin A because um, we don't want to have very much vitamin A during pregnancy but I for example recently had a client who had a real gastric bypass Um, she was referred to me at 34 weeks of her pregnancy so late in her third trimester And she had really dangerously low vitamin A levels, and that can actually cause problems with the baby's eyesight, amongst other things. So um, we were actually able to boost it quite quickly, um, um, and we've put in a referral for the paediatrician to review uh, her baby's vitamin A when he's born, but um, it could have been prevented if she had seen a dietitian earlier on. Yeah, I so agree with that. You know, Amanda's so big on the right bariatric supplement. That's why in Australia, we partner with your BN Multis. Had this client mm-hmm. been taking her bariatric multivitamins, do you know? Uh, not routinely, which of course exa- exacerbates the problem. So in this particular case, uh, the client had some really serious problems with her surgery, which caused her deficiencies. Um, But I generally find that clients who routinely take their bariatric multis have less issues with nutritional deficiencies when they do become pregnant. But I'm also hearing you say that even if they're taking their uh, multis after surgery, they're still, though, being pregnant is a a whole new ballgame. So that's a time when you're going to need other things that maybe are just not part of the supplement you're taking. Oh, absolutely. Um, And there can be... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, during pregnancy, your requirements for things go higher than what's in a standard bariatric multi. So that's where you really want to be seeing a dietitian again and getting um, everything reviewed very closely. Right. Just a partnership from the very beginning. So after bariatric surgery, 
Melanie, women have a higher risk for internal hernias or bowel obstruction, along with a higher risk for premature birth and low birth weight. Talk about why this is. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Um, well, a hernia is when an organ pushes through an opening. And so hernias and bowel obstructions occur at increased rates during pregnancy, simply due to the impact of your baby putting more pressure on your organs. So I like to explain it that um, just if you can imagine this little scenario, that if you've got a really delicate hand knitted jumper and your hubby tries to put it on, he's likely to stretch it. <laughs> and give it a whole new look. <laughs> That's right, exactly. So during bariatric surgery, our organs are being reconfigured and sewn together. Um, so adding a baby in there that can just put additional pressure on some of the seams. And so the risk of a premature birth or having a low birth weight baby, they usually come from malnutrition. And, you know, they're just some of the additional risks um, that, that happen for women who have had bariatric surgery and are pregnant. Mm -hmm. So it's so important. So what if you've lost the weight, though, and you've been trying to get pregnant and you just don't? What else can you do? What else would you be looking at? Well, nutritional deficiencies can also be impacting upon your fertility. So I would look at those first. And even with my non-bariatric surgery clients, that's always one of the first things that I look at. Um, it could be that you've lost too much weight or maybe not enough. Um, you know, there's loads and loads of, of causes. So uh, if you haven't conceived within 12 months of actively trying or six months if you're over the age of 35, then I'd really encourage women to make an appointment to discuss their fertility with a good doctor um, and also a referral to a dietitian with a special interest in fertility can be a really good idea as well. You know, I think personalized nutrition is, is so important today. We as dietitians know that it's just, there is no one size fits all. You really have to get face to face, whether that's face to face online or in person and really answer and ask a lot of questions about what's going on. That's, that's what makes it work, right? Absolutely. So many people have used in vitro fertilization or IVF previously or they still require that help a year or two after bariatric surgery. Is there anything that you can do to improve the outcome? Yeah, well, it's interesting. Um, so weight loss, and in particular fat loss, can actually improve the outcome of IVF. Um, a healthy weight helps to optimize the IVF medications to make the IVF more effectively. So, you know, maybe if you haven't been successful in the past, if you've had bariatric surgery, then you there's a good chance that you're actually going to have um, increased results, better results. I know I actually had a, a client this week. Um, she had a rural wire gastric bypass uh, eight years ago, and uh, so I had been with her throughout her bypass journey. Um, and then she um, went through IVF, but she couldn't become pregnant. Um, and I went through her IVF journey with her. And then, yeah, came in to see me last week with her little nine-week-old little girl. And I got to have a little cuddle. And, yeah, it was just so oh. special. That is just, that's so, so wonderful. And those are the stories that we want to hear that give hope of, of that, yes, things can change. Um, and I, I want to talk specifically in just a minute about diet and supplements, because as dietitians, that's what women want to know. Tell me, tell me what to eat, tell me what not to eat. But any other uh, 
clients that you want to to share you know post-bariatric surgery that you followed anything else oh yeah look loads um so another client that i saw this week um she was from sydney and uh saw her over skype um and she's finally pregnant after years and years and years of ivf and um, and so it was just so great to see it. Like I, I love, I pretty much live for those success stories. Um, and yeah, she was referred to see me by her GP after her GP had heard a presentation that I gave on pregnancy and bariatric surgery. And the GP was actually a little bit unsure as to which nutritional test to complete um, and how to tweak her nutritional supplements. And yeah, we've had a few Skype consultations now and yeah, she's tracking really well. So. I, I just, oh, I love these success stories. Where, you know, we're someone who's struggled so hard for so long to have a baby and they managed to get there in the end. So I, I thank you for sharing these patient stories because I just think it gives hope to, to everyone. Okay, one last question because as dietitians, this is what people want to know. Let's go back to the study that we mentioned in the very beginning about specific changes to the diet and when someone makes this, it can improve her chance of getting pregnant. Tell us some of the things that you first off say, okay, let's, let's for now take these out of the diet and for now let's move some of these things. Can you give us a little good information or some tips, strategies? Yeah. Um, well, there's probably, well, there's lots, but the, let me start with one that I think is the most important one for my uh, bariatric clients um, who are planning to conceive. And that is to modify your fat intake. So as you know, Susan, that after somebody's had bariatric surgery, they um, usually eat a much smaller portion sizes. And what I find, and I've actually done some research on this, is that um, they tend to have a, high, a diet that's higher in saturated fats, so higher in those bad fats, mm -hmm. um, just because percentage-wise you're not eating much. So often, and, and they're often trying to get so much protein in, so there's often a, um, a fair bit of red meat and foods like that, whereas for, to optimise fertility, we actually want lots of the good fats. So what I'd recommend is that um, that you really try to include fish in your diet on as regular basis as possible because that has those good fats and particularly the omega-3 that are really good for, um, for fertility. And do you, uh, if someone says, gosh, Melanie, I just can't eat fish, do you then suggest an omega-3 supplement or do you kind of go through the diet looking at all the other foods they're eating first? Um, yeah, I would definitely recommend an omega-3 supplement if someone um, isn't able to tolerate enough fish during pregnancy uh, because you know people often talk to me about plant-based omega-3 um, which is great to include in your diet. So things like uh, flax seeds and chia, but um, it has a shorter chain omega-3 compared to the long chain omega-3 that's, uh, that's in fish. And so you actually, your body has to convert that shorter chain omega-3 called ALA into the longer chain DHA, EPA. And uh, the, the conversion rate is very, very low. Right. So yeah, if you're not eating fish, um, three times a week, then I would recommend an omega-3 supplement in addition to all of your other supplements. That you're going to be taking. This is such good, yeah. such good information. Okay. So one thing you want to leave us with that we haven't talked about, is there something that you're thinking, okay, I really want 
women to know this today? What would that be? Um, I think, well, there's so many things again. So I guess one other dietary tip would be to look at the oil that you're using. Um, and I would encourage uh, choosing an extra virgin olive oil and investing a, a bit into having a good quality extra virgin olive oil, making sure that it's fresh. So if you had your bottle of oil for eight months or 10 months or whatever, throw it out and buy a new one. You shouldn't have oil for, you shouldn't keep oil for any longer than six months and make sure that you are getting an extra virgin olive oil. Oh, I love it. Such good information. Thank you so much for taking time to be our guest today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, if anybody's got any further questions, um, they're absolutely welcome to get in touch. I'm yeah, more than happy to answer any questions. And remember, all of her information is going to be in our show notes at uh, beyondbariatricsurgery.com under her episode. And remember, if you're planning a family, use contraception until you reach that weight maintenance at, eight, at 12 to 18 months after your surgery, like Melanie was talking about. Then once you do conceive, see a dietitian. If you don't have one, find one and start a partnership from the very beginning and get with your doctor for that extra support that you're going to need. And if you're not planning a family, protect yourself because you could end up with one. And if you do get pregnant in that first 18 months, seek input from your doc and dietitian because there are some risks for you and your baby during that time. You know, it's so important to hear all about the issues you face and what you can do about them to stay empowered and to move on after surgery. And here on the Beyond Bariatric Surgery Podcast, we're all about your success. We want to give you as many tools as you can handle for your toolbox. So don't forget to check out our website, beyondbariatricsurgery.com. Find out more about Melanie. And then you can check out her YouTube channel and all the courses we have to offer, supplements you may need, whatever it is. And did you know that we have a closed Facebook group called Bariatric Surgery Eating. You can be a part of that group. You can talk about issues you're facing. You can ask questions. It's a big group, yes, but it's it's private and it's supportive. And I think you'll you'll really like it there. Just go to Bariatric Surgery Eating and request to join. Free resources and this podcast is one of them. So check it out today. Beyond Bariatric Surgery is produced and owned by Practicalories LLC. All rights reserved. Remember, the content provided on this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't create a patient-provider relationship. It's intended to provide reference material and is not designed to provide medical advice. Please consult your healthcare provider regarding any medical issues you have relating to symptoms, conditions, diseases, diagnosis, treatments, and side effects. Podcast guests express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions, which do not necessarily reflect or agree with the host's Great Ideas in Nutrition, or Practicalories, LLC.